Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Today is my Monday. It's uh, Wednesday for the rest of the world. <laughs> um, but, but isn't that just the nature of our subjective experience, right? And this is true all the time. You know, I always, I always used to wonder about that, like, you know, thinking about people who go to work on, like, Sunday evening. You know, when, when most of the world, like my whole experience Sunday evening was, you know, either like coming home from like a weekend away and knowing you got to go back to work the next day or, or just even that vibe though, of just like, even if you didn't go away, just like feeling like, okay, the weekend is, is winding down. I mean, of course there were times in my life where I went out and partied on Sunday night, but, but for the most part, you know, it was that sort of feeling that like, okay, something's coming to an end. It's time to sort of chill, you know? And imagine if that was when you're going to work. You know, I often think of like, like even like policemen and ambulance drivers, you know, going to work on Sunday night. It's like, there's no difference for them <laughs> on Sunday night than there would be for me on like a, you know, a Tuesday afternoon or something like that. Right. And again, that's the subjective nature of what we're doing here. Right. And so speaking of which, I want to remind you or, or let you know again, I just sent out an email to all of you who are on my group, uh, who are on my email list. And by the way, anyone who's listening to this or watching this and is not on my email group, uh, on my email list rather, please just let me know. I can add you very, very simply. And uh, every day I send out an email with the link to this content. Um, but I also, um, you know, ten, I, th there's also times where I, I make announcements just via email without a <laughs> without an, uh, a video in it. Um, so if you'd like to be involved with getting some of those, then please just just uh, shoot either reply to wherever you're watching this or send me an email at art at artburnscoaching.com, okay? And I will add you to the email list so you won't miss any announcements. Okay. And one such announcement that I just sent out this morning was about the, the, the Saturday workshop that's coming up this weekend. Okay. Today's Wednesday. So in just two, three days, uh, doing a, uh, the first of my 12 weeks of winter workshop series. Okay. For every weekend in the winter time when, you know, really we don't, we're looking for excuses to stay in, right. Aren't we? I mean, of course, if you go skiing or something like that, that might be different, but, and of course there's nothing wrong with going out and playing in the snow, which is exactly why I've made this either late morning or like early afternoon, depending on your time zone. So you can come inside, make a, a hot cocoa or make a cup of tea and enjoy, uh, you know, a 90 to 120 minute workshop with me. We're going to do meditations in these workshops. You know, I'll do a guided meditation for probably about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes, depending. Um, and then we're going to do a workshop of like really like you know, roll up the sleeves, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, pen and paper and, and kind of, you know, really go through some stuff that, that's really beneficial. Um, you know, practices and um, uh, various, you know, different techniques of practice and different sort of uh, ways in which you can practice and which I guess is kind of the same thing. <laughs> Pardon my redundancy. I work in the Department of Redundancy Department, you know. <laughs> but, but anyway, the idea, though, is that I'm, I'm delivering value, right? It's not just, you know, sitting and listening to me talk for, for a couple hours. There's actually going to be a lot of, like, instruction. And I'm going to follow up with, uh, with written instructions where applicable, where necessary, where they exist. Uh, you know, because I do have a whole library of stuff that I'm, I'm going to share it. I want to share with all of you. Now, it's a free workshop series, 
Okay, free. I will accept donations, but it's free. Okay, so don't feel like you have to pay anything. Okay, it's just going to be, I'm basically going to uh, pass around the hat and it's going to be the hat of my wife's Venmo account. So I won't even know who is paying and who's not. Okay, that's how, that's how not about the money it is. Okay. And so this Saturday, what we're going to start with is we're going to start with journaling. Okay, because journaling last week or two weeks ago when I gave my New Year's Day uh, for New Year's resolutions um, uh, workshop, you know, there was like so many people when I mentioned journaling, so many people were like, I want to get into journaling. I've always wanted to. This seems so easy. And so I'm going to do a whole workshop just on journaling. Okay. And, um, and we're going to talk about, you know, again, techniques of journaling, um, you know, different sort of focuses of journaling. Right. So, so like, you know, some people might be journaling to, uh, to, to relieve stress, whereas other people might be journaling to like sort of work through a, a, a difficulty in their life. You know, another person might be journaling to try to figure out a romantic problem that they're going through. Right. The point is that journaling is like a multi tool. It can work in so many different ways ways. And I'm going to cover how those ways work and, and the different techniques, the different sort of time levels and investments and all kinds of stuff. So that's going to be a free workshop this Saturday. Okay. Um, I'm going to put the link in the description to sign up for it. Well, you register once and then you can attend any one of the workshops you want to for the whole 12 weeks. Okay. And so that's all in the workshop in the, uh, in the description below. And so in today's first segment, <clears throat> I want to talk about something that's really been on my mind all week. And it's it's on my mind predominantly because I'm working with a specific um, couple of clients here who are, you know, going through some um, difficulty. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, it's a married couple, right? And we've all been there, right? We've all been in situations, in romantic situations, friendship um, relationships, uh, you know, work relationships, parenting relationships, whether as the child or the parent. We've all been in, in, in various forms of relationships that have had rough spots and difficulties, right? And that's nothing new. And if anybody expects that to change anytime soon, well, you're going to spend a long time waiting, I think, right? Like a really long time waiting, like you're going to do nothing but wait. Because it's the nature of relationships to sometimes be rocky. And, and the reason for that is because, again, as I mentioned before, the subjective nature of our experience, right? Like there is no, you know, like like when we're in a relationship, right, that's just two people going through, each of them going through their own subjective moment-by-moment -moment experience and trying to somehow dovetail those together with one another, I mean, come on, folks, <laughs> if we don't expect something rocky to come out of that, then I don't know when we do expect something rocky to happen, right? And so so a lot of times when people look at, you know, relationships, and, and again, most of the time when we think about relationships, we go to like marriage or, or romance relationships, right? But this is true in any relationships, right? <clears throat> that there's... The, the, you know, most of the time when we think about a relationship that is suffering, right, what we do is we, we tend to like focus on sort of the granular levels at which we see 
the evidence of the suffering, right? So for a, a relationship, a marriage relationship, for instance, that would look like, you know, looking at the specific fights that we have, right? Or the specific arguments or whatever the conflict might be, right? And so, you know, I actually, you know, with, with this um, uh, particular uh, people that I'm working with, we actually started talking about the um, John Gottman's work, right, who is John Gottman is a very, very famous um, uh, uh, world-renowned uh, couples therapist. And he is known, he is, he's renowned for being able to, with 90% accuracy, being able to tell if a given couple is going to be uh, married within the next or divorced within the next 10 years with 90% accuracy. And he can tell this after just a 10 minute conversation with the, with the two people. <laughs> Urban legend says that John doesn't get, or Dr. Gottman doesn't get invited to too many uh, dinner parties these days. <laughs> you know, half the people at the dinner party realize they're going to be divorced in 10 years. Right. <laughs> and so, so John, uh, Dr. Gottman came up and I've, I studied Dr. Gottman's work um, in my mindfulness training because he, he deals with something I'm going to tell you in just a second. Right. But, but he's come up with, <clears throat> pardon me, a, um, a, a sort of um, a concept of what he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse, <laughs> right. Of marriage. Right. And, and so basically these four, you know, sort of, um, I mean, I call them pillars, but what's the opposite of a pillar, right? These four pitfalls is really what it is, you know, are, are the signifiers that a marriage is, is heading for divorce, right? And again, this is a guy who has 90% accuracy in, in determining such things. So the four horsemen or the four pitfalls that I'm talking about uh, are criticism, uh, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, which is just like, I'm not talking about this, changing the subject, deflecting, moving away, you know, changing the, you know, blaming you for something instead, right? Um, <clears throat> the other three are pretty self-explanatory. So, so the idea here is then, right? So when we're talking about a, a relationship, right, we can say that, uh, well, let's talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But even that is looking at, what is negative about a relationship. And even that process is already, in my opinion, a little off on the wrong foot, right? By the way, I'm really trying to, st I'm trying to say the word right less. So bear with me, please. <laughs> um, but the, the idea then, though, is, well, if we're talking about a relationship, then... We could absolutely we could look at what's wrong with a relationship, but we could also look at not only what is right within the relationship, but but instead of looking at what's wrong and trying to remove that, we can look at what does a relationship need and how do I add that, right? And so let me talk to you about what I mean by that, right? So so every relationship. In the entire world, like any, like, again, whether it's a, a working relationship, a, a, a romantic relationship, a, a sibling relationship, a, a friendly relationship, a romantic relationship, a parent-child relationship, a, an employer relationship, any relationship, <clears throat> the health and well-being of that relationship is going to be commensurate with the with the degree at which 
That relationship includes a couple of key ingredients, or what I like to call a couple of key nutrients. And honestly, the two nutrients that are absolutely vital are empathy and compassion. The ones that are are sort of second wave that are also very, very helpful, gratitude, kindness, acceptance, which could also be called forgiveness, right? Because forgiveness is nothing more than ultimate acceptance. So those are the five. Art Burns has five horsemen of redemption, (laughs) right? To, To battle John Gottman's five Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And who do you think is going to win? Ah. <laughs> it's five on four. Come on. I'm, I'm stacking the deck here for you, folks. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but the idea here is, and this is really, I've been thinking about this all week, you know, um, because, you know, again, when I, when I, when I work with people, I, I really do, I mean, I, I hold it tight, you know, I hold it close and I, and I, and I really do, you know, live it with you all. But anyway, um, so, so I was, I was thinking about it in the context of health in a, in an organism, right? Because what is a relationship more than just an organism, right? And what is an organism except a body that is a collection of organs? What is an organ except an organized group of cells, right? So it's all right down to the cellular level, right? Everything can come back down to that sort of life basic level. Okay. And so the reason I bring that up is I remember seeing, I think there was a movie made um, a number of years ago, 10, maybe even 15 years ago. And if I'm not mistaken, the, the movie was called Super Size Me, right? Which had to do, which the whole premise of the movie was that this guy, I don't remember his name, he he decided that for, I think I think he did it for a year. I'm not sure about that, but, but for a period of time, he was going to do nothing. He was going to eat nothing, consume nothing but fast food. And I think it might've even been exclusively McDonald's, right? So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, fast food, fast food, fast food, right? And, and after just a shorter period of time than what he ultimately said he was going to do, uh, you know, he, he started showing <clears throat> very significant signs of, of pathology in his body, right? He had, um, <clears throat> pardon me, he had high blood pressure. He was putting on weight. He was putting on a lot of fat. Um, he, uh, had cholesterol issues. He had, um, digestive issues. He was, his blood sugar levels were all off, Right. But here's the thing, right? We all know that there are people who live like that for decades, right? Because, of course, you can always, you know, take medication for diabetes and, and blood pressure and cholesterol and all the different things, right? <clears throat> and so so you can maintain your your organism, you know, or maintain a minimum level of, of function in your organism so that you could last you know, a whole lifetime living that way. Now, that lifetime is going to be shorter than most other lifetimes, the lifetimes of people who eat broccoli and, and leafy green vegetables and colorful vegetables and eat grains and and, and protein and, and really take care of themselves and exercise and sleep and all that kind of stuff, right? But there's a, a wide gulf in between the two extremes, right? And at any point, you know, somebody could be seen as, you know, if not healthy, you know, functional, right? I mean, maybe not just eating McDonald's every meal, but but certainly having an unhealthy diet is not a death sentence. But here's the thing, like somebody who lives that way at 75 years old, you, you, that's, you know, you're 
going to be, you know, you, if, if you make it that long, you know, before you start getting some diseases that cannot really be treated in the same way, but even treating the diseases, I mean, it's not like you have a, a, a fulfilling you know, a, a well and healthy lifestyle at 75 years old, right? Whereas you look at the other extreme is Mick Jagger. I mean, that guy's over 75 years old and he's doing world tours and dancing for three hours a night on stage, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, so that's, you know, so, so, so again, it's not that, you know, it's not that now, I'm sorry, let me back up for a second. There are millions and millions and millions of people who eat some McDonald's and are, in fact, very healthy, right? It's a question of, you know, not necessarily removing McDonald's from your life, but making sure that you have certain nutrients that your body needs, which McDonald's does not provide. So essentially, how do we add these nutrients into a relationship? Well, it comes down to a very simple prospect, right? Or a very simple concept that in any given moment, in any given moment, we have the choice where we can either choose to pay attention to what's bothering us about a relationship, paying attention to the dishes that aren't clean or the laundry that isn't folded or, or the, 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 you know, the money that was spent or the, um, you know, dinner that was burned or whatever it is, right? We could pay attention to those negative things or we could choose to focus our attention on the empathy and the compassion, right? Which is to say, focus our attention on how our partner is feeling and wishing for the best in that partner and really paying attention to all those things that we love about our partner, right? So in any given moment, I might say that, you know what? My wife, you know, she didn't, um, you know, like the... You know, she overslept, and so the kids, I had to make the kids breakfast on my day off, right? So I could focus on that, or I could focus on the fact that, well, for the rest of the day off, I don't have to worry about my children because my wife is here, right? And that can balance things so that we can open ourselves to the kindness, the compassion, the empathy, the gratitude, and the acceptance that leads to forgiveness, and if we can inject those five nutrients into our relationships on a regular basis, then just like taking vitamins and eating vegetables and eating whole grains and eating clean protein and eating low fat and all of these things are going to increase our physical well-being, right? So, so by adding these nutrients into our relationship, we increase the well-being of our relationship. If you want to know how, hit me up, okay? There's going to be also a link to schedule your free 45-minute coaching session with me. All right, everybody, I'll be back in segment number two in just a few moments um, that we're going to talk about how, um, oh gosh, this is going to be kind of a difficult one, <laughs> about how life is not to be fought with. And that's not that doesn't seem to be true for most of us. So I'll be right back with that. 
there welcome back to the segment second segment of today's episode um so in the last segment i talked about how you know relationships you know need nourishment just like our bodies need nourishment right and you know this nourishment kind of starts with looking at our relationship to the world right I mean, in our relationship to to the world around us, which again is a very subjective relationship that we have, your relationship to the world is could be very, very, very different from my relationship to the world. And this has everything to do with how we're brought up, with whatever trauma we might have experienced, with what teachers we had, what coaches we had, um, the, the, the geographic and cultural area in which we grew up. It all comes in to, to impact how it is that you relate to the world around you. And because the world around you is filled with other people, you know, interpersonal relationships are just about all of it. It's just about everything. And so for so many years in my life, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. In fact, I know I'm not the only one because I've talked to other people like me, you know, but I'm sure there's some people listening to me even right now for whom, like me, life seemed to be like a constant battle. Have you ever had that feeling? that you're just feeling embattled with the world. But again, and and I mean, hopefully it's just a temporary thing for you, you know. For me, it was all the time. For me, it was, it was all life was, was a constant battle to win. And so what that means, now, yes, that, that brings in all kinds of, of, of issues that are going to, you know, really throw us off and, and, and make us unhealthy, right? Because there's obviously very little room for things like compassion or gratitude or, or kindness or, or, or any of the things that we know are good for us, right? In terms of positive emotions and, and, and the ability to access things like optimism and, and resilience, right? And, and the, the genuine goodness that exists within all of us. And, and the ability to focus our attention, right? All of those things are, are very, very much impacted when we walk through our lives thinking that every single situation, every single person poses a threat to us. And whether you look at it as a threat or not, because I never felt afraid of people around me necessarily, but I looked at it as a constant battle. It was like a constant contest. And again, not only does this bring up all kinds of negative emotions and all kinds of negative mechanisms within our bodies, which are all really not good for us, very unhealthy, causing stress and anxiety and depression and all kinds of things that are going to make us less healthy. But even on a very basic level, even before we get into all that unhealthy stuff, if you're if you see every situation as a as a struggle to win well then what you're going to do is you're going to try to get through every situation as quickly as possible and the other thing you're going to do is you're going to prov- you're you're not going to be able to see the connection between one situation and another you're not going to see that interbeing 
it's going to seem very disjointed. Everything in life is going to seem very disjointed the way it did for me. My life felt like it was just one drama and another drama with nothing happening in between, which of course is just not true. But that's how the delusion forms in our minds. And then finally, the other thing that it's not going to allow, it's not going to allow for you to make connections. It's also not going to allow you to be purely authentic. Which means that it's going to make you suffer nine ways to Sunday, right? <clears throat> and so as we said in the last segment, right, that, that you know, that, that we always have the choice. We, in any given moment, we have the choice to see the, the, the things that we don't like about a situation or a person or a, a relationship, or we can choose to see the things that are beneficial about this person, this relationship, this circumstance. And if we choose the latter, what we do is we ground ourselves into a place of well-being, and that allows us to see that life is not a battle, that life is there for us to show up and, and interact with beautifully, harmoniously. Even when things aren't going your way, it can still be beautiful and harmonious, I promise you. And the irony is, and the beautiful irony is, that, that at no point during my journey over the last 10 years where I transitioned from believing that life was nothing but a, a series of battles to, to realizing that life is just a moment-by-moment -moment unfolding, emerging experience, nobody in that process told me, hey, life is not a battle. Like, hey, don't look at life that way. It doesn't happen that way. It happens from the inside out, right? It happens when we stop and we, we really allow ourselves to feel into what's happening moment by moment. Just like the Buddha, right? As I mentioned here quite a few times on this podcast, when the Buddha was trying, when, when people were trying to teach the Buddha about enlightenment, he couldn't figure it out. But when he just sat and awaited enlightenment, that's when he became the Buddha. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed these two segments today. Now, don't forget, I got this, uh, this workshop happening on Saturday, if you're interested, and uh, I would love to see you there, all right? It is a free workshop. <clears throat> I do accept donations, but there's no required fee, okay? So, uh, so, and that was my answer to like the discount. I was trying to figure out how to, you know, make a discount for people who support me already. So, so this is it, right? You just don't pay, right? Or pay whatever you feel is appropriate. And I'll let you make that decision from a place of, of, of compassion and, and kindness, but also kindness and compassion to yourself, right? Without pressure from the outside. All right, everybody, I'll see you soon. I wish you well. And thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Take care.